you want to turn your Bible to Psalms 24, uh, go ahead and do that. Psalms 24. Psalms 24. I'll read the whole Psalms. It's not long. It's just 10 verses and that. But uh, I've got a, some things I want to point out. And we'll not keep you long tonight. And uh, I want to show you some things in this. And we've we, we got a mess in our country today. And I'm not going to blame the sinners. I'm not going to point our finger, my finger at them. I'm going to blame those who are in the house of God. Because we're not what we're supposed to be. If we're what we're supposed to be, we'll be doing everything we can to promote, uh, promote the, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't think we do that. Psalms 24 says, The earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor swore deceitful. He shall receive, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and let be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of the glory shall come in. Who is the King of the glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. Just happy to be with us tonight. Do us just this brief moment, Lord, and we'll just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I love the Bible. Uh, I don't know how anybody can uh, walk in this land and walk in this country and don't live by what the Word of God says. Don't take the Word of God and say, hey, this is what I, my blueprint. This is what I want to live by. And uh, I, I, I love the Bible. I love what it says, and I love what it teaches. Yes, uh, it teaches. If you got... Uh, any questions in your life you go to the bible and the bible will have answers for you it doesn't matter what aspect you're going through no matter what you're going through in life the bible you can find an answer for that night i say the night that the bible is a book of answers but here again let me just remind you the bible is also a book of questions in verse number three it says who shall ascend into the hill of the lord who shall stand in the holy place He's asking a question. He's asking you and I a question. Psalmist is asking, who's going to heaven? He's asking me, am I going to heaven? He's asking you, are you going to heaven? We, we find that there's uh, questions throughout the Bible that we're not able to answer. We cannot answer. In fact, if you read the book of Job, uh, uh, the book of Job is full of questions. His, uh, Job had questions that uh, was not answered. His wife had questions that was not answered. His friends had questions that were not answered. And if you read chapter 38 of Job, the Lord came in and the whirlwind. And here Job thinking, I've got all my answers. It's coming in with the Lord and the whirlwind. But he comes with questions too. So we know in the Bible we find that there's going to be questions in the Word of God. And there's going to be some questions that you are not going to be able to answer. But you, you're going to find some questions that you can't answer. So he's asking a question here. Who is going to heaven? Who's going to ascend there? Who's going to stand in that holy place? I say this, thank God I'm going to be there. 
I'm a child of God, bought by the blood. I am glad that I'm going there. And, and, and I, I got to thinking about this and says, he's asking this question, who is going down? Now, you and I both probably have a list that we know those who are going to be there. Amen. Come on, we all got a list. We got some that we know well for certainly they're going to be there. I've got lists I've saved for certainly I know they're going to be there. But we're not here to examine my list. We're not here to examine your list. But we, the only person that has the authority to answer this question is the one that has set it all in motion. The one that died on the cross of Calvary. The one who shed his blood. The one that uh, uh, purchased salvation. He has the only authority and the right to answer this question. Who is going to heaven? And he tells us that in verse number one. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas. He has established the flood. He, he, from the very beginning of time, God has established this. God created this. And, and God has the only authority, the only right to answer the question, who is going to heaven? Like I said, I'm not here to look at your list and you're not here to look at my list. But if we read number, verse number four, it tells us. It, it gives us precepts or pre, uh, requisitions that we must have in our lives in order to meet the question of number three, who is going. Then verse number four, you've got to be some of these. You have to have this in your life in order for you and I to go to heaven. First he said you must have clean hands, a pure heart who have not lifted up his soul into the vanity, nor sworn deceitful. Now, if you look at that, that looks like a pretty simple list of things that you and I must do in order to get into heaven. We must have clean hands, and I'm certainly not talking about going to the sink and washing hands and soap. I'm not talking about that. But you got to have, your hands have to be clean in the dealings with this world and dealings with God. God sees your hand. God knows what you're doing. God knows where you've been. You've got to have clean hands that when somebody sees you, your life is an open book and you must have clean hands. So we certainly say that somebody that's got clean hands, somebody that's living that life and their hands are clean of this world and it's not the filth of this world or sin in this world, we can say and they've got a, 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 a doorway into heaven. But that's not the only thing that you've got to have in your life. And I find that this one, the pure heart, is the hardest one that we could deal with tonight. The hardest one that we could find is that pure heart. Uh, we all say we had a heart for God. We, we love God. But that sometimes there's some things that can come in our lives and come in our hearts that takes that purity of God out of it. Because you know what? It's not easy. I, I was going to talk about praying. And we ought to pray for the world, the, the situation we're doing today. But the three things I wanted to talk about, that we need to pray for our church. We need to pray for the uh, lost in the world. We ought to pray for our leaders. But the Bible says you ought to pray for your enemy. You ought to lift your enemy up before the throne of God. And, and, and if you've got a pure heart, you're going to do that. You're going to pray for them. But sometimes we're just not going to pray for those that we really don't like, do we? Y'all be honest. Come on. I've I got some people in my, in my life and that I'm associated with. It's very hard to pray for them. 
because of the lifestyle they live. It's very hard to pray for them. But I, I realize that in order for me to get into heaven, in order for me to be what God wants me to be, I've got to do exactly what God has commanded me to do. I've got to have a pure heart. I cannot let things come in my life. We talked about it this morning, uh, that a heart is, a, a, is a, a birthing ground of seeds and things in our life that we can let the wrong seeds come in our heart to, and we start growing and producing those wrong things that pop in our life. That can happen. And the only way that you can have a pure heart, the only way that you can keep a pure heart is stay in the Word of God. You can't get it from a preacher. You can't get it from a teacher. You can't get it from a singer. But you must stay in the Word of God and let God speak to your heart. And here again, we're going to talk about this, that you need to know who is talking to you in order to keep that pure heart. Now, we all like to have a pure heart, wouldn't we? I like to get up tomorrow morning thinking that everything I do and say is going to be coming from God. You would like to think the same thing, wouldn't you? It don't take long in the day for something to happen and you've not got God on your mind, you've got murder on your mind. Amen. It don't take long. And if you ain't never been like that, come to my house. Stay a while. Amen. I've been told I'm going to kill you plenty of times. Amen. <laughs> but we got to keep our hearts pure. Thank you. And if, to keep that heart pure in our lives, then you've, the only way that you can keep your heart pure is stay in the Word of God. Have God search your heart. I, I, I'd like to get up every morning and say, Lord, my heart, to, you know how deceitful our heart is. I need for you to shine your light on me. To make sure I'm not doing something I should not be doing. And it don't take long. Listen, it don't take long for that little seed to burp into your heart and it grow and fester in something that you're going to regret in your life later. It does. It does. A, a clean hands. We got to be clean up front with God. Everything be done. And we got to have a clean heart, a pure heart. And who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Boy, that's a, that's a mouthful, ain't it? It goes right back to being envious. Pride. I think that's probably one of the biggest things the churches deal with is pride and being envious. We, we, we've, we've, we see it happen in our, in our social lives and our work life, and we, see, we can even see it in families. We, we can see it everywhere. But when it gets into a church, when envy and pride sneaks its way into a church, it hurts a lot of people. It affects a lot of people. And it hurts you. And in order for us to get to heaven, we've got to have a clean hand and pure heart, but we cannot let envy and pride get in our life. We can't look at our neighbor and say, hey, I'd like to have what they have, but you know what? God said you've got to have a clean heart. You've got to have that pride out of your life. Deceitfulness. Boy, I, I think it goes along with the morning, this morning's message about being a spiritual pretender. We've got a lot of deceitfulness today. And if you don't believe me, just turn your TV on. I, I'm so tired of politics and the advertising. I'm tired of it. I, I turn, every time it comes, I'm trained to channels. I'll, I'll watch the news before I watch them. But we have so much deceit in this country today. And not only does it filter into our 
politics and our government, but it's starting to filter into the churches and the Christians' lives. We're deceitful. And you know what I find the problem of that is? That we think highly of ourselves than what we really are. We, we get to think, we get boosting our own selves up, and we get to think about, you know what, if you live a life where you're, you're constantly uh, telling people the things that you're not or acting like something that you're not, you're going to have to continue to do that because you've got to always build yourself up. You're being deceitful, and we can't live a life like that. So we, we know that God is the only one that can answer the question, who's going to heaven? And then he says, those that have the clean hands and pure heart, those that have not lifted up the soul of vanity, and those that have not been deceitful, we know that those are the ones that he's looking for. We know that, that, that Christian people should meet, meet each one of these standards that you've got together. We know that, but it's a hard life to live. We know that we fail God every day. None of us here is perfect. I get up tomorrow morning and I, I know I'm going to fail God in some way, some fashion. You say, well, I, I've never done anything against God. But it, t it don't take you doing something against God. You can just start thinking something and ruin that relationship. Amen. So we, we find that he asks questions in the Bible. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that God didn't leave it up for us to figure out ourselves. I'm so glad he didn't say, hey, I'm going to ask this question and I'm just going to leave you up to figure out how you're going to do it, how you're going to make it. And you, I'm so glad he tells us, he lets us know exactly how we can get to heaven. And then he asked this question in verse number 10. Who is the king of glory? Who is the king of glory? Well, let me ask you that question. Who do you think the king of glory is? Who do you think he is? You know what? If I'm, if I'm thinking about the king of glory and what he has done for me and where he's gone to prepare for me, I'm going to have a little bit more excitement in my life. So he's asking the question, who is the king of glory? The one that died on the cross of Calvary, the one who created the heavens and earth, the one formed everything. He carved the, uh, the sea out with the palm of his hand. He created the mountains. He, he created everything. He breathed life into me. Who is the king of glory? The one who loved me enough to die. He loved me enough to die, and he loved me enough to rise on the third day. That's who the clean king of glory is. And we know that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. We know he is the king of glory. And here again, who is going to heaven? The question has been, has been answered. He has given us the standards that we must meet in order to get to heaven, what we can do and how we can live our lives. And, and it's not a hard standard. It's not a hard way of living our lives, but it's the way that God has set it up. You want to get to heaven, you got to live what the book says. And I know that this world has thrown out all kinds of things. There's all kinds of ways. And you don't need a preacher to go to heaven. You don't need a pope to go to heaven. You don't need a government to get to heaven. You just need Jesus Christ. And you hold on him. He's going to get you to heaven. And I, I'm going to hold on to him because he says, ask the question, who's going to heaven? I'm going to heaven. I, I'm going to heaven. 
And I'm on my way to heaven. And we need to live our life that way. Who's going to heaven? Like I said, the Bible is a book of answers for your life situation, your life problems. But the Bible is also a book of questions that you and I have to search out in our lives. There's going to be questions that God has asked that you're not going to be able to answer. I cannot answer. But there's coming a day that all things are going to be known. We talked about this morning uh, about the... Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 24. There are some questions there. There's people have questions, and it, it makes you ask a question. And, and I love the Bible when it makes you ask a question. If you're a Bible student, then if God has at, made you ask a question in the Bible, then you ought to research it out and find out what He's trying to sell us. Because I guarantee you, if He's asked a question somewhere about something that you need to know, He's gave you the answer. The answer is there. There you go. He'll give you the answer. Right in the palm of your hand. I love the Bible. I love the church. I love what God is doing. But we need to prepare ourselves for what's going to happen in this world. And the only way we can prepare ourselves is stay true to the Word of God. You stay true to the Word of God and let God lead your life, let God direct your life. You'll come out on the winning side. I read the last chapter. I don't know if y'all read the last chapter in the Bible. Amen. We are winners. I mean, I, I can see from the very beginning of the time God created the heavens and the earth, and he just walks us right through that history course all the way through into the revelations. And I said, man, everything's being true. What God has said in the beginning in Genesis, God has been true throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. God has been true. They cannot, they cannot disprove the Word of God. Every time they try to disprove the Word of God, they find more facts to prove the Word of God. And every time they do that, it ought to make Christians stand up and say, I told you so. I told you so. But I read the last chapter and it says we are winners. We are victors. No matter what we have to face in our life, we come out on the winning side. You say, well, I, I face heartaches and trials in this life. By all means, Jesus didn't have an easy road to go himself. They hated him. Amen. They beat him. And they hung him on a cross. That's not an easy road. And at any, get this, at any moment he could have stopped it. Amen. With a word he could have stopped it. Amen. But yet he chose to go through all that what he went through for you and I to show you that, hey, Amen. you can make it. No matter what your trials are, no matter what your valleys are, God is still God and He is with you all the way. Well, if they kill me, praise the Lord. <laughs> if they take my head, praise the Lord. I won't look forward to that sword coming across my head, but praise the Lord. Amen. Death is just life eternities forever. And we need to stay true to the Word of God. You want to get to heaven... Live by the word of God. And that's what we need to do. Amen.